Now listen, if it pans out, it's the gutsiest call of all time. If it doesn't, you're sure going to hear about it in that New York market we mentioned earlier. Here we go. Two-point try for the lead. James the Motion Man. Shovel. Barkley breaks a tackle. Dives in for two. Hello and welcome to Big Dash Knows. Big Dash Knows what? New York Giants football. Let's go. Today's topic. You know what? Today's topic is about a few things. Um, Just want to talk about a few things New York Giants wise that are going on right now. Um, In the previous um, three episodes of the podcast, I talked about, you know, the Odell Beckham saga. I talked about, you know, possibly taking a center at 25. You know, John Michael Schmitz is a guy that I'm eyeballing about that, um, you know, in that um, episode. And also talked about Joe Shane and what what is Joe Shane doing when, you know, in reference to the free agency pickups and things like that. But I also want to just talk about not just the Giants. I want to talk about the NFC East. So I think that's what this topic is going to be about. This episode is going to be about the NFC East. And, um, yeah. So, obviously, you know, Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl and lost. You know, thank God for that. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, won a playoff game. Um, New York Giants won a playoff game, lost in the divisional round. Um, and then, you know, the Washington Commanders, for a point in time, or in the playoffs, and then ultimately, you know, kind of went down at the end and didn't end up making it so for overall it's just like you know the new, the nfc east is becoming more and more competitive teams are on the rise we went from being the nfc least the nickname to being you know competitive to almost having four teams in the playoffs and um that's a fantastic move especially from where we came from and um for the New York Giants, it's it's all about the coaching. It's all about the GMing. It's all about, you know, getting players in the building. It's all about buying into the system, buying into the scheme, trusting these coaches and having players that are willing to die for each other on out there on the field. Or, or at least I would say uh, willing to ride for each other out there on the field. And um, you see the team camarader- camaraderie uh, between the players. Um, you even see it in social media. Um, these guys seem like they like each other. They seem like their friends are hanging out with each other outside of just the facility. And that's things that you love to see. I can't say the same thing about the Cowboys because I don't follow the players like that or any other team, you know, um, in the division. But when it comes to on the field play, I think that the NFC East is going to be good for a while, going to be competitive for a while. And it's because of, you know, the players in the division. Now, when it comes to the New York Giants, um, and how we can improve even more. Um, I just think about how they attack the wide receiver room um, and what they did in the wide receiver room. Um, you know, no f- fantastic signing star players getting brought in, no big ticket players, anything like that. What they did was they kept the room solid. You know, quality depth. You know, um, some people might be angry at the Slayton contract, but it's incentive-laced. Um, 
you know, not a lot of guaranteed money. Same thing for Paris Campbell, which I love that pickup. If you follow me, you know that I mentioned his names months ago about a possible being a possible target for the New York Giants. And I'm happy that he's here. I think he brings that element where you have a guy that's fast but can also be a crisp route runner. Um, when you look at Darius Slayton, Slayton is a fast guy but not uh, the best route runner. A guy like Paris Campbell brings you that extra element and can get that separation that you're looking for off of his route running. Um when Darius Slayton's more of a, you know, scheme you open type of guy. And that's no no knock on Darius Slayton. It just is what it is when I'm looking at the guys play. Um, obviously, the pickup of Darren Waller at the tight end. Um, we're praying for the best, hoping that he can get back to form with all, you know, he had a couple, um, you know, not so good years due to injury. But again, that man steps on the field and you're thinking about the division. And he's probably the best tight end in the division. I know Dallas has a couple tight ends. I know um, Philadelphia has Goddard. But you can't compare a guy like Goddard to Waller. You know, it's just difference. It's levels to this. It's levels to it. But that's only if you can get the Waller that you expect, that you've seen, you know, with the Raiders. And um, like I said, I'm praying for the best for that because if he can get back to form and be that guy for the New York Giants, that makes the whole team better. You know, it makes Daniel Jones better. It makes Saquon Barkley better because you can now you can no longer have eight people in the box. You can no longer have eight people in the box when Waller's there. They have to account for Waller. And then when you have a guy like Paris Campbell, even though he had injury-filled um, seasons um, his first three years, last year was his first fully healthy um, year, and he played all 17 games. And he had pretty good numbers, and that was playing in Indianapolis with that horrible quarterback situation that they were going through. So when you add guys like that to this roster and you have the scheming of Kafka and Dable, um, you know, it's almost you almost feel like sky's the limit. But none of that, none of that matters if you do not fix that offensive line. And again, we saw videos of Evan Neal. You know, he has his own personal coach now. He's training, tra training in his new stance, his new set. And, um, you know, you appreciate that this man is putting in that hard work to try to be better, to work on his craft, to be everything he can be for the New York Giants. But for me, I'm still looking at that interior offensive line. Lewinsky, you know, started off pretty well, but then, you know, kind of fell off. Feliciano is no longer here, but I don't think anybody is, is, is crying over the loss of Feliciano. And then the, the question mark at the left guard as well. Um... Is Azudu going to be back in time? Um, you know, outside of that, is Ben Bredesen really going to move to center or is he going to be the left guard? You know, Shane Lemieux still on the team. What's going on with that? Um, Tyree Phillips is a, is a tackle, but can he be bumped in to play guard? Marcus McKeithen coming off a knee injury. What, what's going to happen there? What are we going to do in the draft? And then, you know, is, is that's the biggest question mark. So we can have expectations of the New York Giants being better. Um, I can say all the time, screaming at the top of my lungs, that Daniel Jones is going to be better. But the main issue and, and, and what needs to happen is this interior lineman. I mean, this interior line needs to be fixed. And um, everybody says that. Everybody says that. And I don't want to go back to, to the same talk that I was doing in episode two. But I have to say a couple things. Everybody that's a New York Giants fan can agree that the interior line, uh, you know, interior line play 
was not up to par. There were some good games, some good plays, some good pull blocking by Feliciano. But as a whole for the season, the main complaint or one of the main complaints was poor interior line play. Amongst other things as well. But I think that has to be a major, major target. Now, um, going into the draft. And um, you see reports that the New York Giants are taking this wide receiver to, to dinner, taking that wide receiver to dinner, top prospects, the top 30 dinners and all that other stuff. Right. And they are, you know, almost every wide receiver that's a first round that has a first round grade on them. The New York Giants are taking them to dinner prior to their pro day. And uh, I believe they, they took Quentin Johnson out to eat prior to his pro day. <laughs> and then he turned around and ran like a four or five. In uh in his pro day, so what are they feeding this guy at this dinner? Was was the steak too heavy? Was it sitting too sitting on his was it sitting on his stomach too hard the next day? Pause. But um, again, is it a smokescreen that the New York Giants are looking at wide receivers? So many wide receivers. Everybody thinks the New York Giants are going to go wide receiver in the first round. What happens? You know, maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe Joe Shane is trying to lay that trap like he did last year when when rumors went out that Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau uh, possibly couldn't be a fit in New York City or fit with the New York Giants. You know what I mean? And then people are doubting his 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 work ethic, um, saying that he was taking plays off on the field. And I'm watching games of Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm like, what are people talking about? Where, where are they getting this information from? And and it's crazy too because when when you're sitting there and you're the type that you know that watch games, watch film cutups and things like that, and you hear certain things that don't seem to be true to you, you're like, "Where's this information coming from?" You know, I've been watching this guy for a while. I don't see him taking plays off. I see the hustle. I see the burst. I see what he can do. I see that he can put moves together. What's happening here? And I think that's like smokescreen. So now you you look at the everything 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 you look at tells you that the New York Giants are possibly going to go wide receiver at 25. Now, here's the thing. They could absolutely do that. But that's a lot of smoke, man. That's a lot of smoke focus at one position. And are they doing that? Because we know what happens, man. Um, the New York Giants have a history of not being able to hold water. You know, it gets out that the New York Giants are looking at this certain player. And then what happens? We get jumped. And that player gets picked up by another team. This happened year after year after year. And um, last year was probably the first year that it didn't really happen because, again, the smoke screen went out there that the New York Giants weren't interested in Kayvon Thibodeau. But when it came time to that for that fifth pick and Kayvon Thibodeau was sitting right there, what did they do? They went and got him. And I'm so thankful that they did. And I think that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have an even better season next year. Again, another guy that you can see that's putting in the work, you know, Hustling, working on his craft, you know, doing everything that he has to do to make his himself better for the team. And I'm like, you know what? I enjoy all of this. I like what uh, I like the way this team is being formed uh, or put together. Um, if we can address certain positions, I think it's all it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Um, I see positive. I see positive things. And then I look at, you know, the rest of the division. The Philadelphia Eagles, they lose two coordinators, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. They lost a couple of free agents. They were able to bring some guys in as well. They lost um, Gardner Johnson, but then they picked up Greedy Williams. Um, not a fair trade, but still a guy with talent that they brought in. Um, believe they lost a safety, lost a linebacker. 
um, lost a defensive tackle, but they draft so well. They draft so well that they already have people in the building that are probably going to replace the people that left. Now, they did keep both cornerbacks um, kind of on the older side. We'll see what happens. We know that at some point in time, cornerbacks fall off a cliff. And will this be the year that they fall off a cliff? I don't know. Bradbury, Darius Slay, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but again, no lack of talent with the Philadelphia Eagles. For the, for the, the Dallas Cowboys, they lose their offensive coordinator. He goes to the, to the um, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Mike McCarthy seems like he's going to be the one that calls the plays this year. And then that means there's no more hiding. There's no more fall guy for the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to that offense. Um, I'm hearing people complaining about Dak Prescott not having enough um, weapons. You know, he needs more weapons. You know, get Dak more weapons. Meanwhile, when I look at that Dallas team, they're full of weapons. Pollard, C.D. Lamb, you know, the the, the endless carousel of, of tight ends, um, you know, backup wide receivers as well. They, they they seem pretty stacked in my opinion. But um, again, you know, people saying that Dak needs more weapons, and it could be so. A lot, you know, who wants a lack of weapons? Who who's going to turn down more weapons? Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. So I can see why people are saying that. And then when it comes to the to the Commanders, the Commanders have a fully stacked team. Offense, defense, they got it all when you really think about it. When you peel back the layers, the commanders have a complete roster, but the only thing is they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. They're going to try out Sam Howell. It looks like um, everybody's saying that Sam Howell's going to possibly be the, the you know the one, number one quarterback going into you know the offseason, OTAs, you know training camp, stuff like that. Here's the thing. They have pick 16, and I... As much as they say that Sam Howe is their quarterback, if one of these quarterbacks fall to 16, I wouldn't be surprised if the Washington Commanders took a quarterback. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, Sam Howell is Sam Howe. Sam Howe is a good prospect. But Sam Howe does not stop you from drafting, you know, one of these top-end quarterbacks. At least I wouldn't think that Sam Howe would do that. Um, but again, it's the Washington Commanders. They're going under new management. You know, they just added a new officer coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. And as long as, as long as Lamar Jackson does not end up on the Commanders, I'm not worried about what the Commanders are going to do. Hopefully, they don't have the money to afford or don't want to give up the draft capital for Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to hold on to faith and and just hope that you know. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But getting back to the Giants, getting back to this 2023 season, man, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited for Daniel Jones in the second season. I'm excited for uh, Mike Kafka to, um, you know, continue to, you know, introduce these plays, these schemes that he, um, you know, that are influenced by Kansas City, Andy Reid, the enemy if so. I can't wait to see that Brian Dable as well. I can't wait to see Wink I'm a Wink Wink Martindale with a, with another cornerback, with a dominant cornerback and, and more pieces on that defense that way his scheme can work to the best of his ability. I can't wait to see things like that. I can't wait um yeah man, I I just I just can't wait to see what these New York Giants are going to be in 2023, but again it all starts with the offensive line. It all comes back like Thanos says. After all that, it all comes back to the offensive line and what we do there. And um, again, there's still some guys out there on the market that are interior linemen. Ben Powers is one, Connor McGovern is one at center. 
do we go that route? Do we wait a little bit longer to see if the price tag comes down on some of these guys or to see if they even want to play? Ben Powers is 33 years old. Conor McGovern is 29. You know, do they still want to play? More more Ben Powers than Conor McGovern because Conor McGovern, like I said, is 29, so he might want to play a little bit more. But Ben Powers, does he want to play more football? But I think you have to. You have to address that center position. And again, uh, we saw Joe Shane at the owners' meeting you know, a couple of interviews, they ask him about the center position. He starts running off names like like uh, um, Derek Anderson, Ben Bredesen, Shane Lemieux, all these guys being uh, potential centers. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck is going on now? I'm a Ben Bredesen fan. He won me over this past year. That first year we got him. I was like, yeah, OK, we got him. But this past year. Even with the injury, when he played left guard, he played it very well. You know, uh, the line as a unit was substantially better when he was playing. And they had the musical chairs between him and Nick Gates, which I didn't understand. Because for me, once Nick Gates got healthy and had a couple of games under his belt, he should have been the starting center after that. He should have been the starting center after that. But we know how it is. They brought Feliciano from Buffalo to play the center role. And then, you know, is it favorites? Is Is it a game of favorites between Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable playing Feliciano for so long, or was it just Feliciano was the best center at the time? You can argue both, you know, you can argue both of those things. But to me, once Ben Bredesen was solidified at left guard, there was no need for the musical chairs between him and Nick Gates. Um, And then, like I said, why not push Nick Gates back to center? And then you see, we lose both Nick Gates to the commanders, John Feliciano to the 49ers. And it's like, we're stuck with Ben Bredesen. You know, we have to address this position. We have to do something about this interior offensive line. There's a lot of question marks. Who's going to play the other guard? We have a lot of guys coming back off injury, but who's going to be the guy that solidifies that left guard spot? Especially, especially, because I would say Bredesen easy, but especially since they're talking about moving Bredesen to center. So just some question marks, just some ideas about, you know, going into next season, what the New York Giants are going to do, especially, you know, with this roster. Now, I will say this. I don't think the season is going to go the same where the Giants only win one game in a division. I can see a world where the New York Giants go three and three in a division. I can see a world possibly if the Giants can possibly sweep a team and then go four and two in a division. Um, what I don't want to see is another one win um, game in a division. Um, I think three and three is a, is, is a possibility. And I think that especially now that the NFC East is waking up and the NFL is paying attention to that and, and the NFC East is getting that recognition throughout the league. I think that, you know, they have to, they, uh, the New York Giants have to win games in this division because it was a down year for the NFC. That's why, you know, at, at one point in time, all four teams in the NFC East were in the playoffs. I don't think the same thing happens. Some other teams are on the rise. Detroit is definitely on the rise. Uh, Minnesota is still Minnesota. Um, people people are liking Chicago and the moves that they're making. I don't see it too much with Chicago, to be honest. Um, don't know what's going to happen in the NFC South. Um, could it be the Saints now that they have Derek Carr? I think they're still lacking talent. 
you know, the Atlanta Falcons, what are they going to do? Carolina Panthers have a new coach. They got the number one pick. It's a lot of question marks when it comes to the NFC, and we really don't know what's going to happen there. But when I tell you that I'm excited to see exactly what the New York Giants are going to do, I absolutely mean it. I'm excited, man. And then, you know, we're, we're what, four weeks away from the draft now. Um, and I think it all starts there. And then after that, you know, how we address that offensive line will give me more of a, a of the storyline of where I think the New York Giants are going to be. But I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. Um, I want to thank everybody for vibing with me. I want to thank all the support, too, because you guys are liking these podcasts. Um, the views are going up a little bit, and I appreciate everybody for that. So, And also, if this is your first time listening, I want to thank you. And also hit that like and subscribe button. Um, the channel is growing, and it's all because of you. I like to get this work out to all the New York Giants fan base and things like that. Also, anything you want me to discuss or talk about, if you want to talk about this episode or this video, go ahead and put it in the comments down below. Anything that you want to see, go ahead and put that in the comments down below, too. And also, one thing I want to, I want to do is I do want to do a mock draft that I'm not using, you know, one of those simulators for because I want to talk about because you guys sometimes you guys kill me when you talk about, you know, some of the some of the players I picked or guys that I missed or why didn't I take this certain position or I went the whole draft without drafting a linebacker, things like that. I love all these comments and I try to make it a point to say that, you know, when it comes to the simulator. You know, you have a certain group of players that are left that, that you know, that are in that scale and, and you know, in that range and, you know, kind of hamstring what you want to do. So I do want to do a mock draft where I'm just picking the players, not using a draft simulator, you know, thinking about guys that are being in that range for each pick in each round and then taking the best guy that I think is a, is a, is a fit for the Giants. You know, whether it's BPA, whether it's positional value, whether it's, it's it fills a need as well, I like to do a mixture of all those things. I do want to do a video like that. I do want to do a video like that. So, again, I want to thank you guys for vibing with me. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And from one Giants fan to another, this is Big Dash Knows, Big Blue Nation. Let's go.